0: chapter ten of sylvie and bruno by Lewis carroll this librivox recording is in the public domain the other professor we were looking for you cried sylvie in a tone of great relief we do want you so much you can't think what is it dear children the professor asked beaming on them with a very different look from what ug ever got from him we want you to speak to the gardener for us sylvie said as she and bruno took the old man's hand and led him into the hall he's ever so unkind bruno mournfully added they's all unkind to us now that father's gone the lion were much nicer but you must explain to me please the professor said with an anxious look which is the lion and which is the gardener it's most important not to get two such animals confused together and one's very liable to do it in their case both having mouths you know do zoo always confuse two animals together bruno asked pretty often i'm afraid the professor candidly confessed now for instance there's the rabbit hutch and the hall clock the professor pointed them out one gets a little confused with them both having doors you know now only yesterday would you believe it i put some lettuces into the clock and tried to wind up the rabbit did the rabbit go after who wounded it up said bruno the professor clasped his hands on the top of his head and groaned go i should think he did go why it's gone and wherever it's gone to, that's what i can't find out i've done my best i've read all the article rabbit in the great dictionary come in only the tailor sir with your little bill said a meek voice outside the door ah well i can soon settle his business the professor said to the children if you'll just wait a minute how much is it this year my man the tailor had come in while he was speaking well it's been doubling so many years you see the tailor replied a little gruffly and i think i'd like the money now it's two thousand pounds it is oh that's nothing the professor carelessly remarked feeling in his pocket as if he had always carried at least that amount about with him but wouldn't you like to wait just another year and make it four thousand just think how rich you'd be why you might be a king if you liked i don't know as i care about being a king the man said thoughtfully but it do sound a powerful sight of money well i think i'll wait of course you will said the professor there's good sense in you i see good day to you my man will you ever have to pay him that four thousand pounds sylvia asked as the door closed on the departing creditor never my child the professor replied emphatically he'll go on doubling it till he dies you see it's always worth while waiting another year to get twice as much money and now what would you like to do my little friends shall i take you to see the other professor this would be an excellent opportunity for a visit he said to himself glancing at his watch he generally takes a short rest of fourteen minutes and a half about this time bruno hastily went round to sylvie who was standing at the other side of the professor and put his hand into hers i thinks we'd like to go he said doubtfully only please let's go all together it's best to be on the safe side you know why you talk as if you were sylvie exclaimed the professor i know i did bruno replied very humbly I quite forgot it. I wasn't Sylvie, only I thought he might be rather fierce. The Professor laughed a jolly laugh. Oh, 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 he's quite tame, he said. He never bites. He's only a little, a little dreamy, you know. He took hold of Bruno's other hand and led the children down a long passage I had never noticed before. Not that there was anything remarkable in that i was constantly coming on new rooms and passages in that mysterious palace and very seldom succeeded in finding the old ones again near the end of the passage the professor stopped this is his room he said pointing to the solid wall we can't get in through there bruno exclaimed sylvie said nothing till she had carefully examined whether the wall opened anywhere then she laughed merrily you're playing it's a trick you dear old thing she said there's no door here there isn't any door to the room said the professor we shall have to climb in at the window so we went into the garden and soon found the window of the other professor's room it was a ground floor window and stood invitingly open the professor first lifted the two children in and then he and i climbed in after them the other professor was seated at a table with a large book open before him on which his forehead was resting he had clasped his arms round the book and was snoring heavily he usually reads like that the professor remarked when the book's very interesting and then sometimes it's very difficult to get him to attend this seemed to be one of the difficult times. The professor lifted him up once or twice and shook him violently, but he always returned to his book the moment he was let go of, and showed by his heavy breathing that the book was as interesting as ever. "'How dreamy he is!' the professor exclaimed. "'He must have got to a very interesting part of the book!' And he rained quite a shower of thumps on the other professor's back, shouting, "'Hoy! Hoy!' all the time isn't it wonderful that he should be so dreamy he said to bruno if he's always as sleepy as that bruno remarked of course he's dreamy but what are we to do said the professor you see he's quite wrapped up in the book suppose who shuts the book bruno suggested that's it cried the delighted professor of course that'll do it and he shut up the book so quickly that he caught the other professor's nose between the leaves and gave it a severe pinch the other professor instantly rose to his feet and carried the book away to the end of the room where he put it back in its place in the bookcase I- i've been reading for eighteen hours and three-quarters he said and now i shall rest for fourteen minutes and a half is the lecture all ready very nearly the professor humbly replied i shall ask you to give us a hint or two there will be a few little difficulties and banquet i think you said oh yes the banquet come first of course people never enjoy abstract science you know when they are ravenous with hunger and then there's the fancy dress ball oh there'll be lots of entertainment where will the ball come in said the other professor i think it had better come at the beginning of the banquet it brings people together so nicely you know yes that's the right order first the meeting, then eatin then the treatin for i'm sure any lecture you give us will be a treat said the other professor who had been standing with his back to us all this time occupying himself in taking the books out one by one and turning them upside down an easel with a black board on it stood near him and every time that he turned a book upside down he made a mark on the board with a piece of chalk as for the pig's tail which you have so kindly promised to give us the professor went on thoughtfully rubbing his chin i think that had better come at the end of the banquet then people can listen to it quietly shall i sing it the other professor asked with a smile of delight "Uh, if you can the professor replied cautiously let me try said the other professor seating himself at the pianoforte for the sake of argument let us assume that it begins on a flat and he struck the note in question la 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 i think that's within an octave of it he struck the note again and appealed to bruno who was standing at his side did i sing it like that my child no who didn't bruno replied with great decision it were more like a duck single notes are apt to have that effect the other professor said with a sigh let me try a whole verse there was a pig that sat alone beside a ruined pump. by day and night he made his moon it would have stirred a hat of stone to see him ring his hoofs and groan because he could not jump would you call that a tune professor he asked when he had finished the professor considered a little well he said at last some of the notes are the same as others and some are different but i should hardly call it a tune let me try it a bit by myself said the other professor and he began touching the notes here and there and humming to himself like an angry bluebottle how do you like his singing the professor asked the children in a low voice it isn't very beautiful sylvie said hesitantly it's very extremely ugly Bruno said without any hesitation at all all extremes are bad the professor said very gravely for instance sobriety is a very good thing when practised in moderation but even sobriety when carried to an extreme has its disadvantages what are its disadvantages was the question that rose in my mind and as usual bruno asked it for me what are its illicit bandages well this is one of them said the professor when a man's tipsy uh, that's one extreme you know he sees one thing as two but when he's extremely sober that's the other extreme he sees two things as one it's equally inconvenient whichever happens what does ill convenient mean bruno whispered to sylvie the difference between convenient and inconvenient is best explained by an example said the other professor who had overheard the question if you'll just think over any poem that contains the two words such as the professor put his hands over his ears with a look of dismay if you once let it begin a poem he said to sylvie he'll never leave off again he never does did he ever begin a poem and not leave off again sylvie inquired three times said the professor bruno raised himself on tiptoe till his lips were on a level with sylvie's ears what became of them three poems he whispered is he saying them all now hush said sylvie the other professor is speaking i'll say it very quick murmured the other professor with downcast eyes and melancholy voice which contrasted oddly with his face as he had forgotten to leave off smiling at least it wasn't exactly a smile as sylvie said afterwards it looked as if his mouth was made that shape go on then said the professor what must be must be remember that sylvie whispered to bruno it's a very good rule for whenever you hurt yourself and it's a very good rule for whenever I make a noise, said the saucy little fellow. So you remember it too, miss. Whatever do you mean? said Sylvie, trying to frown, a thing she never managed particularly well. "Often's and often's," said Bruno, haven't you told me? There mustn't be so much noise, Bruno. When I've told it, Oo, there must why there isn't no rules at all about they mustn't but who never believes me as if anyone could believe you you wicked boy said sylvie the words were severe enough but i am of opinion that when you are really anxious to impress a criminal with a sense of his guilt you ought not to pronounce the sentence with your lips quite close to his cheek since a kiss at the end of it however accidental weakens the effect terribly. End of chapter 10